football season is never over. The Ringer NFL Show has got all your football needs covered from free agency to the draft and so much more. Check out The Ringer NFL Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All righty, let's roll, baby. Welcome in Monday edition of New York, New York. Yours truly. JJ Johnson-Stevsky, we are right here on the Ringer Podcast Network and a victory Monday, a victory Monday indeed for the New York football giants. And I was all about that action. I was all over the giants every which way in their matchup against the Vegas Raiders. And the game didn't exactly go the way I thought it was going to go. I figured Giants return of Kenny Galladay, another week of Kadarius Tony. This would be the week the Giants go and put up 30 plus points and get it going on offense and they're firing on all cylinders. I thought that was going to be the case. And when they score right down the field, touchdown, Evan Ingram, I'm saying, all right, here comes 30 plus points. Didn't happen. Giant offense had some moments in which they flat out stalled. You want to blame play calling? Be my guest. Why you're running third and two wildcats? When you have a quarterback that can run and can actually make plays on his own? That's just like mind-numbingly stupid. There's that. Then there's your weekly Daniel Jones fumble that it feels like you get each and every football Sunday. That, of course, set up the Vegas Raiders to go and get some points on the board. But the Giant defense, for the second straight week, got after it against a pretty darn good offensive team in Vegas. Now, I know Vegas had a lot going on. Obviously, they lose a major playmaker in Henry Ruggs. And listen, we don't need to rehash the stories of that horrific tragedy from a couple of days ago. But that's an element that's now missing from Vegas. But... They got Darren Waller back. They have Hunter Renfro. And yet it felt like the Giants were able to make the sort of winning plays and difference-making plays that determine sometimes whether or not you're going to win and lose a football game. And listen, the Xavier McKinney game 
Definitely doesn't sound as sexy as the Mike White game. It, it just doesn't. No knock on a safety position. Safeties have great NFL careers too, but it's just different with a quarterback. You're going to dominate the back pages. You come out of nowhere, blah, blah, blah. McKinney, I mean, this is a guy who was a highly touted pick a couple of years ago out of Alabama. Very, very different set of circumstances or criteria, whatever you want to call it. But the McKinney pick out of the second half to the house for a touchdown, to me was hands down, no questions asked, the biggest play in the game. Because it kind of set the stage and it gave the Giants the sort of wiggle room they needed because they didn't put up enough offense and they didn't put up enough points. I don't know how your game plan offensively is not involving Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony a heck of a lot more. That's the element of frustration from a Giants standpoint. The defense, though, making big plays in big situations, that hasn't been the case for this team so far this season. It's not always about points per game when we talk about an NFL defense. It's about game-wrecking, game-breaking type of plays. Pick sixes, we'll do that to you. The McKinney late-game pick, we'll do that to you. And he also got a monster gift. Monster, monster, monster gift from Vegas. They had a fourth down. They were, I believe, in a position where a field goal would make it, what I think it was a, would have made it a one-point game. I think they were down four at the time. I'm going to get you the exacts, the specifics. I know that's what you guys are looking for. But they missed the field goal, down four, fourth and three at the Giants' seven. How in God's name are you kicking a field goal there? And you know what? I see it all the time in the NFL. Coaches that coach to win, coaches that coach scare. Horbaugh, fourth down on his own 27-yard line. Team need a kick in the ass. They need a spark. They go for it. They score. They get hot. They win the game. Brandon Staley, and I was against this because I had a couple shekels on the Eagles, as you guys know. Early in the game, doesn't get it, going for it on fourth down. But late in the game, has fourth and inches, could have kicked the 46, 47-yard field goal that would have won it. He says, the hell with that. I'm going to get the yard. I'm going to ice the game. I'm going to make sure I'm the last team to go and touch the football in regulation. And then I'm going to go walk it off with a field goal. When I'm going against aggressive coaches when I make a bet, it scares the crap out of me. From a fan's perspective, I feel the same way when I'm watching my team. Like when I watch the Dolphins, and you should feel this way when you watch the Giants. When coaches kick, I'm happy. So if I were a Giant fan, I was very, very happy. Okay. Down four, fourth and three, they send a field goal unit out. Justice, you get what you deserve by missing a field goal there. You really do. You get what you deserve. That's a killer for Vegas. Late, you get the pick. Xavier McKinney's the start of the game as far as I'm concerned. So now the Giants could go into their bye week at three and six. And you know what's crazy? I saw this today, and it absolutely blew my mind. The Giants at three and six have the best record they have had as a franchise. Going back to 2016, for nine games into an NFL campaign. I mean, let that, just let that sink in for a minute. The Giants at three and six 
are off to their best nine-game start in five years. That's that's pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic. I think there's going to be a fear amongst Giant fans with the second-half schedule that they have coming up that they're going to win a bunch of games, they're going to fall short of the postseason, and the franchise is maybe going to be delusional in where exactly they are in their development, in their plan, and where they are specifically as a franchise. And that's not to say I'm rooting against losses, or I'm rooting for losses, I should say, if I'm a Giant fan. I'm not. I do think that fear, though, is a legitimate one. I also think the schedule is somewhat conducive for the Giants maybe getting back into this thing from a wild card perspective. What do I mean by that? Think about the NFC. Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, L.A., Arizona, locks for the postseason. Stone Cold, locks for the playoffs. You want to put New Orleans in there? I guess you could. I'm not going to. You want to throw them in there? Great. If you don't want to, do you. But know this. New Orleans, 5-3. and three. Then you got Atlanta at 4-4. Four and four. You got Carolina at 4-5. and five. You got Seattle and San Francisco at 3-5. and five. You got Minnesota at 3-5. and five. You got Chicago, who's going to lose on Monday night. They're going to be 3-6. and six. The point I'm trying to get at is that those last two wild cards in the NFC could be completely wide open. Are the Giants going to be good enough at three and six, though, to rattle off the six and three or, you know, whatever the record they need? They would be better than six and three to get to nine wins. It's going to be asking a lot. But I think you will be able to sucker yourself in at least for a couple of games in November, maybe like fantasizing about that. I really do. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's by no means an endorsement on what the Giants are as a franchise. It's much more of a reality of what's going on in the NFC. After those top five teams, there's a whole lot of parity. There's a whole lot of mediocrity. So maybe you could dare to dream a little bit. At least you're going to your bye week feeling good. The Giants get a win. The defense, to their credit, two weeks in a row is balled out. Game-changing type plays. Difference between winning and losing. For the basketball, I knew the Knicks were in trouble. Think about the opposite ends of the spectrum from a Knicks standpoint. Friday night was amazing. They're down 20-plus points against the Bucs. They just are grinding. They are relentless. It's quickly. It's Randall. It's Rose. It's Barrett. Milwaukee is just breaking shot after shot. And it's one of the more bizarre and insane turnarounds that you're going to have in an NBA game where you go from being down 20 to all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, you're up 15. You're just like in the blink of an eye saying, well, what in God's name happened? That's kind of what I was feeling on Friday night. One too many cocktails in. So there was that. I'm all giddy about the Nick win. Great regular season win. This team has struggled a little bit at home. And on Sunday, this had trap game written all over it. I could stink. Stink. From the high heavens, the trap, the smell, the stench that was coming out of Madison Square Garden. The Cleveland Cavaliers, seven and a half point underdog. The very impressive rookie, Evan Mobley, who is just balling out for Cleveland. But Sunday night was the Ricky Rubio show. The Knickerbockers had absolutely no answer for the point guard who has been around the block 
Same draft class as Steph Curry and my main man, Johnny Flynn, going back to 2009. Remember that draft class like it was yesterday. Rubio was shaking and baking. And the Cavaliers had an answer for every Knickerbocker run. And the Knicks, listen, they, they caught fire a little bit in the fourth quarter. Quickly did a little bit. Obi did a little bit. They couldn't hit a shot for three and a half quarters, basically. Their three-point shot-making ability the last two games has just not been there. And in this modern-day NBA, if you're not going to hit shots, you're going to struggle. The concern, I think, from some Knicks fans is that the defense and the effort, which was always basically 1,000% for all last year, there have been some games where it's been lacking. More so the defensive execution, I would say, than the effort. But you notice it in some of those 50-50 balls. You notice it in some plays that could go either way. That's what's hurt the Knickerbockers here. They're still in good spot. They got a Monday night game. Quick turnaround coming up against Philly. We'll have a green room rocking and rolling right after the game, which I'm fired up about. But I think the Knicks were looking ahead to Philadelphia, quite frankly. And they got burned because they ended up getting beat by Cleveland. You got to eventually put those to bed. Where it's like you have a good win. You can't have the letdown. The letdown was too inevitable. I could sense it. I could feel it. Thought it'd be a tight game tonight. Did not expect it to be a Knickerbocker loss. So that's disheartening. That's disappointing. And listen, give the Nets credit. The Nets are now, listen, they, they're going to, I don't care if they don't have Irving. I don't care if Horton looks completely out of shape. They, they're going to roll throughout this regular season because star players win in the NBA. It's as simple as that. When you have Durant on your team, you're going to win big in the NBA. I got a text from a Nets fan buddy of mine who's like all giddy about the fact that the Nets are off to a 7-3 and three start. It's like the fourth time they've started 7-3. and three. I think he told me like two or three or three of those years they ended up in the NBA Finals. I'm like, dude, you better end up in the NBA Finals. <laughs> I mean, are we serious? <laughs> you better end up in the NBA Finals considering what the expectations were going into the year. Uh, but they had, against the Raptors team that's been spunky, Raptors gave the Knicks a hard time and beat them. Big game for Durant. Five straight wins. So I know that fan will be happy to hear me throwing a couple of bouquets their way. They are uh, firing all cylinders despite Harden. You know, giving you a good game tonight. It's not been great so far this year. The Net fans got to realize their season is all about what they do in about two and a half months. Like the regular season from a Knicks standpoint is going to be more enjoyable. You're going to be able to, like, enjoy the wins a lot more. Net, net regular season wins, I'm sorry. They're going to be very hollow because it's all about what they do in the postseason. I've been there from a Yankee standpoint. It is not fun when you have a team with those sort of lofty expectations, but that's kind of where we're at right about now. Wacky weekend in the NFL. Wacky weekend altogether. Knicks, highest to highs, lowest to lows. That basically sums it up in a nutshell. We'll run around the league. We're going to do something with a little bit of a different twist, though. My dude, Jared Smith. My old buddy over at PicksWise. Some of us had some really good moments in this NFL card. Others had some moments we want to forget about when it comes to this NFL card. The four o'clock window is a time slot in this NFL season I would like to forget. The one o'clock couldn't have been more glorious. Even got a crappy dolphin win in the process. I mean, you want to talk about a game that set football back like 15 years. I think it was like nine combined turnovers between the Dolphins and Brissett ended up playing for Tua and the Texans. I mean, you want to talk about what am I doing 
why am I watching this shit? That that was me watching the Dolphin game earlier today. But had all that going for me at one o'clock. Riding high in April, shot down in May. Sounds about right. Smitty's going to join us now. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. I figured for our run around the league, we throw a little twist in there. We welcome back. Guy's killing it. He's like doing 10 zillion videos a week. He's got like his hands in 10 zillion cookie jars, but I knew he would dominate over it picks wise. Our pal, the great Jared Smith. And Jared, the NFL season, bro, continues to be a mystery. I thought I was going to have a dominant one o'clock slate leading into the four <laughs> o'clock slate. I get my clock cleaned at four o'clock. And that's really the last two weeks. The best way to sum it up, Absolute chaos. Oh, this league, every time you think you know what's going to happen in this league, that's when you need to take a step back and say, okay, I, I do I really have a grasp of what's going on here? I think the Bills game against the Jaguars today absolutely was the biggest surprise. Of course, it was the biggest upset uh, of the year in the NFL. Last week, we got our first touchdown or more upset with the with the Jets, and now we get the you know the two touchdown or more upset. So it's escalating slowly. Now, are we going to get a three touchdown or more upset down the road? I don't think so, but... Uh, Crazy, crazy stuff in the NFL this week, last week. It's really starting to, uh, the market's starting to settle, but it's getting harder and harder uh, to, to bet the more we get into the season. Doesn't it show you, though, Smitty, the trends earlier in the year, the teasers were hitting like crazy. Yeah. The favorites teasing them down was hitting like crazy. I knew there was going to be at some point in time a market correction because, I mean, listen, th there's a reason why Las Vegas exists. There's a reason yeah. why these sports books make millions upon millions upon billions, for that matter, when it comes to dollars and cents. I knew that was coming, and we've seen that now with a couple of these big favorites. Slowly but surely, Bengals last week, Buffalo this week, yeah. a couple others that you can mix in. That's why I'd be aware over the next couple of weeks. I think we're going to see more of that, not less of that. Yeah, and then eventually the market will correct, and then it'll be on the other side. I think that's the key in the NFL. If you're betting in the NFL every week and – you know, for the most people that watch your show, they are consistent uh, NFL betters that that listen here to the pod. Um, they are going to have to pivot and you have to be very flexible. So just when a trend is starting to, you know, crystallize itself, that's when you have to take a step back and say, OK, what's the other side of this? Because we've seen it. And I was just doing a research project today. The four big quarterback line moves that we've seen. We saw it with Geno Smith to Russell Wilson. The Seahawks covered that game in Pittsburgh. We saw it with Dak, uh, you know, last week against Minnesota. Cowboys won that game outright. Two of them today with Jordan Love. It wasn't pretty, but the Packers did get across the finish line. And Arizona, I mean, goodness gracious, that's the game of the year right now in terms of line movement. That line moved the full eight points, and the Cardinals won by two touchdowns over the Niners. So the trend is, 
if you're seeing the market move a huge way in the other direction, I know it's tough because everyone's betting the other side, but you have to be contrarian. That's the way that I've been successful in the NFL. Contrarian usually is the hardest way to bet, but it, it, it tends to be the most successful in the NFL. Well, that's usually my MO. I had the Vikings and the Cardinal or the Vikings and the Niners each of the last two weeks. So when it yeah. comes to those quarterback line movements, maybe I want the starters to play. Maybe that'll just be better <laughs> off for me, bro. That's number one. Number two, though, speaking of contrarian, yeah. I love the Eagles today. I mm. love the Eagles today because of Tough everything game. you just hit on. 80% of the tickets, yeah. 80% of the money was on the Chargers, yet the line moved from two to pick them, basically, as we kicked off at 4 o'clock. And, Smitty, I know I lost that bet, yeah. and I know it's not going to look great now in the moment, but as far as looking at what I do, handling a particular game or a particular card, I'm going to see money like that come in on a team. The line's going to go the other way. I'm going to hammer that team Absolutely. that sees the line going the other way 100 out of 100 times, dude, and not think I, I twice. think the key is just to have a strategy. Now, everyone, there's no strategy that's really right or wrong. Even the pros are going to lose 45% of the time. So the key is to have a strategy that you feel comfortable with and then just repeat it, just like our golf swing. Have the approach and just continue to try to swing as, as you know, with the tempo and the balance every week that we do. But when the NFL, you, you just have to be nimble and flexible. And I think that's the biggest, you know, lesson that I've learned over the years is that even when my strategy doesn't feel like it's working, just continue to try to repeat it. And then if things change, be willing to adjust with it as the times and as the season wears on. It, it's, I'll be honest, the NFL is my favorite sport to bet because the market is just so, it's just so stable. And then it's not. Like the Packers and the Aaron Rodgers stuff this week was like the best. I felt like I was on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. Like it was like, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. And you just have to be willing to, to just flow with the market. And anytime you're going to give me a seven-point move or a seven-and-a-half-point move for one player, um, I think you, as hard as it is, you have to look to the other side. And the way the markets move, every week's a new week. We flush it, we move on to the next week. If there's one regret that I would have with my picks for this card, I'm furious I didn't fire on the Vikings because mm. I got, I'll yeah. tell you why, Jared. I was gun shy from what I saw against the Cowboys. And with the Ravens coming off a bye and the Ravens coming off a loss, I just didn't have the chutzpah to do it. But <laughs> everything about the numbers, everything about the line movement, and the fact that the Vikings, they're better in a situation where they're getting six or seven. Oh, as yeah. opposed to being a favorite. They've been in every single one of these games. When they're laying points, they're a stay away. When it's a tight game down to the wire, that's that's part for the course for that team. That was my biggest regret of this NFL weekend. I'm furious I didn't take the Vikings. That was a surprise because Harbaugh's usually been good off the bye, and, and they got punched in the mouth early in that game. But you got to give credit to Dalvin Cook. You got to give credit to, you know, Kirk Cousins finally took some shots down the field, and, you know, you saw the result. I'd be worried about the Ravens' defense long-term. I, I wouldn't want to lay, because we saw it again in that game against the Colts on Monday night. Anytime the Ravens are laying big numbers, that's a scary spot because their defense hasn't really been able to hey, the we got and they had the Thursday lead. night. Thursday yeah. night, and you know they're going to be begging for yeah. Miami money. And I, oh. I don't know if it's going to be Tua. I would like it a lot more if it's Tua as opposed mm. to Jacoby Brissett because he can move around a little bit. I think you need to. Um, I'm seeing that and I'm guessing it's going to be six and a half, seven, and I bet it gets north to seven. That's my prediction. I was looking at that actually line today. It looked like, yeah, no, it looks six and a half and then seven now right on the number. I'm seeing a, a, a minus 120 at DraftKings right now for a, a, a minus seven. I, I don't, I think seven's going to be, 
I feel like that'll close north of seven. I feel like you once, think it will go north of seven. If it opens six and a half and we saw the initial move to seven here on Sunday night, and again, then the, the lines will change overnight. Actually, this is this is my favorite time to bet these games. Sunday night, I was late say, Sunday night, you Monday like morning. Locking in, you're going to yeah. get screwed every night. I already locked one in Rogers, for next week. But in general, you like locking bets in Sunday, Monday as opposed 100%. to Thursday, Friday. I do a column uh, every Sunday night. I usually pick one or two, three college games and an NFL game. I'm actually, I already locked in the Colts for next week, minus 10. Um, fading the Jags. I, After I, that big win, I can 100%. understand it. That's, it. that's like a natural reaction to me is to fade Urban. I mean, I that was, I'll be honest. I, I, I watched the, the replay of that, like the condensed. I still don't believe that Josh Allen played so poorly against the Jags. Defense. That's, that's the worst the I've seen Allen play since his rookie year. Hands what? down. Worst I, I've seen him play. And he played well in the second half against Miami. They struggled in the first half there. But I gave him a pass because, you know, second time playing a divisional opponent in six weeks, you know, that can be a little hairy. And I think Brian or Flores has been really good, uh, you know, defending, you know, in, in his career, just, you know, scheming, especially against divisional opponents. And they had that brutal game against them early in the year where that was the game that Tua got hurt in, like, the first quarter. And that game just went crazy. So I'm not surprised that Miami played a little better last week. But Buffalo has no excuses against Jackson. That defense is dreadful. Okay, Buffalo, I thought was the best team in the AFC. Mm. I still think they're going to be odds-on favorites when we see, whenever those odds come out, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, they're still going to be the top dog. Who is the team in the AFC that we should be looking to invest in? Is it Baltimore? Is it Cleveland? Mm. After Listen, addition, I loved Cleveland today because I said Beckham's out of there. Now they're going to relax. (laughs) Now that offense is going to play. And I was buying a little regression to the mean with Cincinnati, especially after what I saw with the Jets last week. So I loved Cleveland today. It was one of my favorite plays. But, Jared, I'm having a hard time trying to find the team, trying to find the horse. At Cleveland preseason, I don't really love it. Do we have anybody we like in the AFC right about now? Completely wide open. I'll be honest. Um, Last week, I grabbed the Chiefs at 16-1. to Good number. Even though they're falling to have an issue, it's a great number. That's the only reason why. Because I'm thinking to myself, all right, let's flash forward to the AFC playoffs. It's Mahomes against Justin Herbert. It's Mahomes against Joe Burrow. It's Mahomes against Derek Carr. I I like that matchup a lot in my back pocket and to have a Chiefs 16-1 ticket. I I actually... uh, Fandle just put the numbers back up. Bucks are plus 550, and the Bills are plus 550. So the, you're you're right. Buffalo's still right at the top of the board. Um, Casey's down at 12 to one. I wouldn't touch the Ravens at under 10 to one. That 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 I don't trust that defense. I, I think I want a team with a really good defense, and there's really not a lot. A- am I crazy? Patriots at 41 to one. Am I crazy at that number? They're gonna. They have a chance to win the division now. I mean, with, they're with, only basically a half game back, and I love New England today <laughs> against Carolina. Now, the one thing you got to acknowledge, though, with the Pats, Smitty, their offense is still it is. so limited. But do and they have the best t- defense in the AFC? Well, their defense is top-notch. And Judon has completely yeah. gotten after it. And he has given them that sort of pass rush that they have been lacking. So when you have him, a good running game, and an outstanding they have a good, head coach, they have a great running game. you're going to be in games. I just think at some point, they're going to have to throw the football down, let's say it's in a game in December and January, and I don't think they're capable of doing it. I, I just don't. Like, I think they are too limited from that standpoint. And I hope Simmons is not listening to this because he's probably <laughs> gushing right now, thinking and oozing the possibilities of, like, gonna, New England. going to give you a raise later. if you give out New England. Well, listen, if he's going to give me a raise, then the Patriots go win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, that, by all means, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that proposition if it means it's going to be more money in my bank account. 
From a number standpoint, Smitty, I don't hate it, but I do, I do not I, see I them in the Super Bowl. I just I'm just don't. trying to. I mean, am, am I crazy for throwing the Colts out there? Or you know, I don't mind the Colts. The team seventy to one at, right now. I like Tennessee. Yeah, their defense. Get, it's the defense that good, scares me. But if they get Henry back, they match up well with all these top AFC teams. I, I think the key right now for Buffalo, if you can, if Buffalo sinks at all, like say I, they, they play the Jets next week, you would expect them to bounce back. But if Buffalo sinks at all to let's say ten to one at some point during the regular season, that's I think that's a, I, I think that's a good fire away spot. Um, I think the Chiefs at anything longer than fifteen to one because that's like a three x what they were five to one preseason. So I, I thought the Chiefs at 15, 16 to one last week was a good spot. I wouldn't touch Cleveland. I, I I I think Cleveland's just got too many problems up and down, and I I feel like this was an emotional game for them, and at maybe not long term. The Chargers probably aren't there yet either, but that was a nice win for them today going on the road and beating Philly. Um, I, I can get behind the Titans. Listen, they've been a breath away the last two years. I mean, they've been right there. You know, they've been in the playoffs. They've been in the AFC Championship game. It's the same outfit for the most part, but I'm just, I'd be worried about the defense a little bit in a big spot if they played a big juggernaut offense in a big game like, like Buffalo. Any concern about Dallas? So one game, flush it, happens. That's the way yeah, I Yeah, and also it. Dak, Dak, you know, to you know, the timing was off with Dak today. But you got to get, I'll be honest, I give credit more to Denver in that game. Denver had a great game plan. They got a few lucky breaks. That weird, fluky punt block was very unfortunate uh, for Dallas. And, but Dallas also a little banged up. Zeke, you know, had you know, had to leave the game. I, I know CeeDee Lamb and, and Cooper were both questionable. I know Teron Smith was out. So Dallas's injuries start to play a factor. I'll tell you who was the most impressive today was Arizona. Are we? I, I think Cliff Kingsbury is the coach of the year. Well, right now. I mean, to win that game without Hopkins, without Murray, with Colt McCoy at quarterback, yeah. and not only do you win it, you win it going away. What has surprised me with Arizona, I knew they were going to score a crap load of points, Smitty. Their defense totally has agree. been so much better than I ever could have imagined. It helps when you have Chandler Jones and then Golden. Golden King just yeah. beast. I feel like he just wins his one-on-one matchups every single week. That Simmons kid's been great, too. Um, they've got a lot of guys defensively that you probably haven't heard of that that are playing really good football this year. And I do think Cliff Kingsbury's an elite coach. Arizona's going to be right there. I was I was on Arizona. I think I came on your show last year and we were giving out Arizona right after the Super Bowl, like forty to one. I, I, I think Arizona's a team that if if they're if Tyler's healthy, now that's an if now. Um, that's a team that I wouldn't want to play in January. Well, and these NFC teams are a lot better in the AFC. Hundred percent. I mean, let's there's be five honest. teams in the NFC. One of the five is definitely going to win: Tampa Bay, Arizona, Dallas, Green Bay. Uh, what's the and the Rams? Those are the five. Hundred percent. Those are the five. There's and no I one think else. I think the Rams and the Buccaneers are a cut above everybody else. Agreed. That's my personal. I, I agree. I, I think with Tampa Bay, the only question is: Can Brady continue to play at this level? That was the big question when we talked to odds makers this year. They were interested in Brady's physical, you know, situation. I mean, no one's ever done it at his age at his level, but he's uh, there hasn't been any issues there. And with and with the Rams, um, the defense I think's underperformed a little bit. I think that's why they went out and went to go get Von Miller because I think they they saw that their defense was maybe a step slow compared to last year. Their their numbers were about average analytically, but for them, you'd expect top five. And now that they have Von Miller, who's, who's you know not playing in this game, but he's obviously going to play down the road. I agree. Tampa Bay, L.A., I, we could see a return matchup of what we saw a few weeks ago in the NFC Championship game. That would be a very fascinating rematch. Before we say goodbye, I'm all over the Steelers tomorrow. Oh, now, yeah. I love them every which way. I think it's such a bad matchup for Fields going up against a hungry defense. And I was down on the Steelers going into the year, and I don't think they're all too impressive, quite frankly, offensively. But 
Jared, they don't have down years under Mike Tomlin. Like, no. they just don't have losing years under Mike Tomlin. That defense is going to get after it. I'm glad I locked in five and a half and yeah. a little bit more at six. Seeing it now at seven, I think they win by two scores tomorrow. It was a good teaser spot for me early in the week, too. Once it got to six and didn't have to go through zero because the total's super low. Um, I think Chicago defensively has some issues, too. They're, they're a team that just isn't playing up to their standard. Um, and I, I, I mean, is, is Nagy being on the sidelines a, a help or a hurt for that team? I, I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm with you with Pittsburgh. And I, I think teasing them down to a pick them. Um, if you want to pick a game for next week as well, if you want, you know, you're doing, you know, listening to this I on Monday morning. I love doing that, by the way. I do it all the time. the Steelers 100%. and then you like, you know what it is, Spinny, for me, like it's impossible, at least on a lot of sides, for me to lock in for next Sunday or next Monday. Agreed. Maybe with a number. But as far as a team winning a game where I'm like, yeah, this team's going to win. Yep. I'm going to tease them. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. There's a bunch of spots, too. I'll be honest. I like, really I'll give you one. Tampa next week. I'll tease Pittsburgh with Tampa next week. Tampa is in Washington. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. I'm trying to find some home dogs that might be interesting, too. That's sort of been the vibe. Uh, how about Tennessee getting – oh, no, they're laying two and a half. I was going to say Tennessee laying two and a half against New Orleans. New Orleans looked brutal today. Uh, that was another one that I was really unimpressed with. I, I thought I thought for sure that they would have a bit of a more, you know, explosive game plan against Atlanta. But Atlanta just given them problems this year. Yeah, Tampa Bay, Washington. That's a, that, that's and a, I'm that's seeing the that at nine and a half right now. So I can get that down yeah. to what, like two and a half? Or how about Cleveland? Now you move them up. They, they're plus three at New England. You move them up to uh, eight and a half at New England. You think the Pats are going to win by double digits against the Browns? Mark my words, that is an under game, my friend. Browns and Patriots. Like 44 and a half. That game has. That's a key like, number. 44 is a key total in the NFL. 20, I like that under. 20 to 14 written all over it, dude. I love that. Love that. Dude, keep killing it. I enjoyed this little around the league perspective. Yeah, so this was fun. You got a beautiful Zoom background. I got shelves. <laughs> we're, all, we're all rocking and rolling. That's Jared Smith. Check him out. Picks wise. And when do we have uh, the next bit of content coming? Uh, oh, we do. So we do the daily show in the mornings, and then, then that's actually going live this week. And then, of course, the uh, weekly show with Chris Rose and Ross Tucker has been awesome. That drops every Thursday morning. We tape it on Wednesdays. Um, and just a whole lot of content. PicksWise is doing even horse racing. You want the Breeders' Cup picks? We had Breeders' Cup picks over the weekend. All kinds of stuff on PicksWise. Keep at it, bro. I'll see you on the Appreciate golf course you, soon, all right? <laughs> you got it. Hopefully better than the last time we played. That's the great Jared Smith. We'll get voicemails coming your way. We'll set the stage for the college basketball season, which, believe it or not, is coming your way. I'm fired up about that. Champions Classic on Tuesday. New York, New York. I'm coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, so before we get to voicemails, two things. Big winners of the week. Smitty hit on one of them, the Arizona Cardinals, hands down. To go into San Francisco, smoke the Niners without Kyler, without DeAndre Hopkins, like 
sooner or later, I got to learn to stop fading certain teams. The Arizona Cardinals have cost me way too many times throughout this 2021 season. The biggest loser, I would say, hands down, the Buffalo Bills. What in God's name happened to the Buffalo Bills against the Jacksonville Jaguars? At least with Dallas, you could say, you know what? That coming off the injury, they would do for a stinker. Kitchen sink game for the Broncos, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I can accept that. Buffalo, Jacksonville is as bad as can be. You held them the nine points, you still lose the game. What was Josh Allen doing today? And that was just hilarious. We're going to have to have Andrew Catalan on because I don't know how he keeps a straight face with the Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen intercepts Josh Allen. Like, they, the guys at Red Zone had so much fun with it. I could tell that Catalan was definitely getting into it too. But the NFC is a lot better than the AFC. That's my grand takeaway from what we saw here in week nine. These AFC teams, it's there for the taking. And between now and maybe the end of Thanksgiving weekend, I really got to bunker down. I got to put this little pea brain to work. And I got to figure out what teams in the AFC I want to get invested in. I'm already invested in Cleveland. I don't love it, but it's a preseason beat. We're going to let it ride. Buffalo, there's no value. We know even with this loss today, they're still top dog. They're still the team to beat. You want to get on the Ravens? Despite their questions on defense, you want to get on the Titans without Derrick Henry? Is it the Chargers? Even though they couldn't stop me and you running the football? Vegas? Like, who do you love in the AFC right about now? You got to figure the NFC is going to end up being favored in the Super Bowl. Right? Got to think that ends up being the case. One more thing before voicemail. I've never run the New York City Marathon. I have a ton of respect for anybody who would run the New York City Marathon. Because, listen, I'm a, I'm a casual runner. I feel like I'm getting more serious these days. You know, I get my six, seven-mile runs in. I'm running the Brooklyn Half in April, which I'm super stoked and I'm super fired up about. But for anybody who ran the 26.2 today, you were a badass. Sure, a badass. You got up at the crack of dawn. You made your way to my hood, my old stomping grounds in Staten Island. You're hanging out for three or four hours, and then you got to go run 26.2 miles. God bless. God bless. And a special shout-out to my guy, Aiden. My guy, Aiden, ran 26.2 miles, had some cocktails Friday night, met me for dinner on Saturday, loaded up at Lucali. We had a feast upon feast upon feast. I mean, the pizza at Lucali, if you haven't been, it's it's got to be on the list. It's actually the first time I ever ate in Lucali. So that was like a special event. Felt like a baller, quite frankly. He's out to dinner with me at 10 o'clock, and then he's running a race in five or six hours. Mind you, with a broken foot. That's a badass right there. So my man Aiden, my guy Johnny ran 26.2. So anybody out there, if you ran the marathon today, Give yourself a round of applause. Hell of a job. All right, voicemails. Now that I'm kissing everybody's rear end, let's get back to business. 917-382-1151. That's where we make magic. All right, Sarudi, what do we got? Yo, what's going on, JJ? It's Eden Westchester here. Just uh, a little pretty pumped up about that Giants win. You know, it wasn't pretty. They scrapped, they fought, but you get the dub. You know, it feels really good to at least head into the bye with, uh, with the win. So, you know, you're not, you're not thinking of a loss heading over that long two-week stretch going to have a tough one, I believe, against the Bucks when they come back in a couple weeks. But, you know, it feels good to get the win. 
And, hey, man, look, the, de- the defense, you know, you-, you called it out a few weeks ago. This defense was not the unit we saw last year, but you're finally starting to see them put together some, some games here where they're really looking like, uh, you know, the unit they were last year. And you're calling out different guys. You're calling out Leonard Williams. You're seeing Xavier McKinney with a couple picks. You know, Adore Jackson playing a little better. You got this guy, Roush, getting that, uh, that strip sack at the end. So you're, you're starting to call out different names, which is nice. Um, the offensive side, man, I, I said this to you a few weeks ago. Jason Garrett just is not the guy. You know, I don't know this guy, you know, at one point you had zero targets for your receivers like midway through the second quarter. It's just, I know the line is not holding up anymore, but that's just unacceptable. And you got Galladay back, you got Tony out there. It's just not it, man. So they, I think yeah, I would not be disappointed at all if Garrett's fired over this bye week. But, you know, hey, Giants fans, we like to be miserable, but for now, <laughs> Gonna you know focus on the positives here. Got the Giants win. We're, we got three on the season. Probably shot four or five, but you know we'll take it and let's hope that defensive unit can carry us through the second half here, man. I'm actually feeling a little optimistic. All right, man. Have a good night. Talk to you, Pete. I understand the reasons for optimism. Your defense, you nailed it. Is finally getting back to playing at the sort of level that we saw last year. I think you were all over that. Leonard Williams has come alive. Ojolari has made some plays. I love seeing McKinney end up being the star of the game. Two interceptions, including a pick six. And Odori Jackson made some really good plays in this game. Felt like he was all over the field. All over the field. So there was a lot to like defensively. Offensively, the Giants got to be better. I know they had 23 points. Seven of them basically from a pick six. Daniel Jones can't be thrown for 110 yards. In the modern day NFL, I know he's efficient. He's got to be thrown for more yards. Galladay's got to be more involved. Pony's got to be more involved. Pony's too fast to have one catch for nine yards. And I don't want to hear about the offensive line and Andrew Thomas not being there as the only reason why they can't throw to wide receivers. That's just way too convenient an excuse. You got talented playmakers on the outside. You got to give them the football. It's really as simple as that. Who's next? JJ, what's going on, man? This is John from Brooklyn. Uh, great running into you the other night at Lukali. Um, I don't know if it's that Lucali spicy red sauce, but feeling great today. Um, just leaving that life on my way to the garden, doing the double header. Giants got the first W. Knicks could finish it off. Feeling good. Feeling good. And how about that Giants defense, buddy? That was game. A uh, hell of a game from the defense. Um, unexpected win. Was expecting them to cover, but got the win, which is always nice. And, uh, hopefully the Knicks can make it a great day. Uh, love to hear your thoughts and, and what do you think? Are the, are the Giants back in the playoff up? Would the NFC be a pretty weak? I don't know. That's what they're saying. Talk to you later, bud. Yeah. Well, Johnny, it was great meeting you at Lucali. You were table over next to me. Um, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for saying hello. And we were on the same page. I told you yesterday, Giants covered a spread. You said Giants went outright. I said, sure, let's hop on board. Why the hell not? You didn't get the double dip that you wanted. You got the Giant win at 1 o'clock. You did not get the Knickerbocker performance you maybe desired. Couldn't hit a three. Too much Rubio. Too much Mobley. Not good enough defensively. And the Knicks go and end up losing this game. Um, giant playoff chances. Let's put it this way, folks. I got to see how the rest of the NFC is going to play over the next two or three weeks. I still think the deck is completely stacked against the Giants. I understand the possibility. I understand why you could potentially dare to dream. Um, because these teams are not very good, but here's what the Giants would have to do in my estimation. They're going to lose to the Bucs. They got to be Philly and Miami. 
that would put the Giants at five and seven. Then they got the Chargers in LA. They got Dallas. They got at the Eagles, at the Bears, home against Washington. So the Giants would have to get to what, nine and eight? They'd have to go six and two down the stretch to probably get that final playoff spot in the NFC. And I know the schedule is soft, but you have to ask yourself this fair, honest, and legitimate question. From what we have seen from the Giants the last five years, what we've seen from the Giants in 2021, do you think they'll be good enough to go six and three in that stretch? I don't even think they'll be good enough to get to five and four. Five and four would get you eight and nine. Eight and nine is not getting you in the postseason. So you need to get to nine. You want to start fantasizing, entertaining, the idea of being a playoff team? One of those teams. I don't know who yet. I'm not in love with any of them. But you figure one or two of them are going to get to nine wins. You got to get to nine wins. Two to go. Who's up? JJ. Just finished watching the Giants win. Good win. I think week by week, I think every Giants fan is starting to realize what Daniel Jones is. He's a game manager. Uh, Giants still need when they get a new general manager this offseason, they got to go get a Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. They got to upgrade at the position because we'll, we'll, we'll be stagnant and we'll never compete with the upper echelon in the NFC until this happens. So happy with the win. I'm still cognizant that we need to upgrade at that position. And yeah, let's fucking go. Yeah, listen, guys like Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers are more appealing than what you have at quarterback. That's 1,000% accurate. I think Daniel Jones is a middle-of-the-road pedestrian NFL starting quarterback. That's what I think he is. I think there are moments he looks really good. I think there are moments he looks like absolute crap. And it's kind of a roller coaster not knowing what you're going to get. He's done a better job taking care of the football. He did have a fumble in this game against the Raiders, but for the most part, he's played much more of a turnover-free type of style, but you got to be more dynamic. That's really what it boils down to. Are the Giants dynamic enough as an offense? They're not. They had that opening drive touchdown, and after that, it felt like the Giants did absolutely nothing. Now, Devontae Booker ran the football well. He did. He ran with purpose. He was basically a little under five yards per carry. Like, great. Giant offense got to be more dynamic whether that's the coordinator, the quarterback, the offensive line, you name it. You got to be better in this modern day NFL. If you're not, you're not going to win games. As far as what the Giants are going to do with quarterback, let's let's get to the end of the year. Let's see who the GM of this team is going to be, and let's see how the Giants play over their remaining you know, nine games or so, eight games. What do they got? Eight games left? Yeah. Yeah, because they played nine. They got eight left. Putting that Syracuse education to work. What can I tell you? Last but not least, who's on the horn? What's up, JJ? This is Ryan from Yorkville. Uh, I spent most of the day watching the marathon, but I caught the end of this Giants-Raiders game. And you know what? I'm pleased. This is a, a decent little win. I'll take a victory when we get it. I don't think it's any indication that we're turning the bend, however. I've seen this mirage play out way too many times where we start off like shit for, February, sorry, for September and October, and then we pull up a couple of wins towards the end. We look, we have a win streak going in, but we don't carry the momentum to anything. So I'll just take it where I can. Hope you guys enjoy your fall days. Uh, I still think we've got to fire Gettleman, get rid of Garrett, Joe Judge. I don't think we should get uh, 
I don't think we should keep him at all. Um, and hopefully we get out of the suck. Uh, I don't know. Just enjoy the rest of this day. Have a good one. You know, it was a fabulous fall day, aside from the fact that daylight savings hit. And I don't know if anybody feels this way about daylight savings. It absolutely sucks. How does anybody like daylight savings? The fact that it is now pitch black when I'm watching the beginning of the four o'clock games, I mean, if that's not a kick in the nuts, well, what is? That's the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate kick in the nuts, folks. I hate daylight savings. I don't give a crap that I got an extra hour of sleep because, quite frankly, I felt a little too energetic. When I woke up this morning, I was a little too zany doing my Spotify green room and doing place your bets over at SNY. A little too all over the place. When it's like four o'clock and it's dark and it's like 20 degrees, that's when I start thinking about my hiatus to Florida, which I will be doing. I will be taking New York, New York on the road right after Dolphins Giants. I'll be down there for that game and I'm staying in Florida an extra week because I hate the winter in New York City. I know Christmas time, it's great. Uh, bah, 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 you know, a little Darlene Love, a little Jose Feliciano, the trees, the mistletoe, great, great. By the way, anybody who's putting Christmas shit up, give me a break. After Thanksgiving, please. Like, it is, I don't even know what today is. It's not even my dad's birthday, which is November 15th. It is November the 7th. If you are putting your Christmas decorations up on November the 7th, Let's reevaluate. Let's find something for you to do. Whether it's a day on the golf course, whether it's a manicure, whether it's a massage, I don't care what it is. Way too early for the Christmas decorations. And I love Christmas, but I do not love the cold, and I hate when it's dark at 4 o'clock. Otherwise, it was a nice marathon Sunday. I made money. The Giants won. My team actually won. I mean, I don't know if I could watch Jacoby Brissett play another game of quarterback. He is just tough to take. But I'm actually in a pretty good mood, all things considered. It's good being in a good mood doing these podcasts. I'm sick and tired of being miserable. Forgot what it felt like to have a Sunday where I'm actually in a good mood. I'm not going to let the darkness get me too down. College basketball starts Tuesday. I actually have a team other than the Knicks that I'm excited about. My beloved Syracuse Orange. We got the Champions Classic in New York City on Tuesday. And how about this? for the New York Yankee coaching staff. We'll, we'll throw this possibility by our dude, Zach Brazilla. He's up next. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So I figured to close out the show, we welcome back a guy who probably has a little extra pep in his step. He didn't have to watch the Jets this Sunday. He's got college basketball right around the corner. And I got to start here, Zach Brazor of the New York Post. What do you think about the possibility of Louis Rojas joining Aaron Boone's staff? Did that put a smile on your face or I mean, what? Enjoy it. Have fun. That's all well, I got to say. Have fun. He does a better job of holding up Aaron Judge uh, at Fenway Park as opposed to what I saw from Phil Nevin a month ago. Just saying. They, they should make him the bench coach and you can get these two guys, you know, 
Could you imagine that, by the way, if you got Rojas and Boone, the two <laughs> managers that all New Yorkers were bitching about all summer long, sitting in the same dugout, basically twiddle D and twiddle dumb in the Yankee dugout. Wonderful. It would be funny. You watch. They'll, they'll win like 110 games with those two guys together. Well, I, I would gladly take that. Listen, I am hoping that 2022 is like the ultimate renaissance year for Aaron Boone and that the Yankees spent $300 million and they go on their way. And, you know, I'm all sorts of giddy. Uh, before we get to any of this stuff, Conforto Syndergaard, will you be annoyed if one of those two or both end up taking the qualifying offer? No, I mean, I think Syndergaard, they had to do it. I mean... No way to do with pitching. You have to, for one year with their budget, you yeah. have to give him the qualifying offer. Yeah. Conforto, no. I thought was, I thought that was a little risky considering the year he had. I wouldn't want to be giving he's, him he's $17 He's not going to take it though, so it doesn't matter. Well, so what, he just wants out in New York, you think, by all by no, any I think, means necessary? I think Boris thinks he can get him $150 million. Who is paying Michael Conforto $150 million after the year he just had? I don't know. My uh, my colleague, Ken, Ken Davidoff, predicted the Phillies today. In today's what? Paper. Yeah. Come on! After what they just saw, they're going to give him one hundred and fifty million dollars. I don't. I don't. You know, that's but crazy. He's usually bro. pretty good at these predictions, Ken. So I wouldn't. And the Phillies seem to do like these. You know, these ex Mets. Um, I still think Conforto will go to Seattle. He'll probably get like I don't know, maybe three for sixty or something like that. Um, you know, see, he's from Seattle the area. makes sense because he's a West Coast guy. He right. went to Oregon State. That's a team that's trying to make the move and like they're not the number one free agent destination. Right. That I that I can understand. Hundred plus do well million there. dollar there's, deal there's for no pressure. No, he'll do well. He would do well there, I think. I there's agree zero, with that. I agree with that. There's zero pressure. You know, he's there'll be low expectations because he's coming off such a bad year. You know, I mean, yeah, no, I, I'm glad the Mets the Mets put the offers in for both guys. Conforto, I just don't I don't think there's any chance he'll take it. I mean it's good. You know, it's going to kill Mets fans when you see Conforto next year go 35 and 120. But, you know, they, you know, I, I don't fault them for not coming to a big deal with him. It even sounds like he wants way too much money before last season. And off this season, I don't see how you give him big money at all. So let's live in real world. I give you one free agent. And don't tell me Scherzer because he's never signing with the Mets. <laughs> like he's not, he's just never signing with the Mets. In like a realistic Zach Braziller prism. Who is the number one target for you this offseason for the Mets? And that's a tough one. Um, I, wow, that's, I, I mean, I kind of want to say Bryant. That's where I like, thought you were going to go. That was going to be my suggestion, quite frankly. Bryant. You know, I'm intrigued by Correa at third base, though. I no. would let Baez walk, and I would sign Correa. I like Correa a lot. I, I think Correa is a better player. Yeah. I know some I mean, Mets fans are going to be bothered that I'm saying that. And listen, Correa could play for my team, too. I don't care if he cheated. The guy is a winner. The guy is a stud. Now, I'd rather Seager because I want lefties. But I am not going to be upset if the Yankees sign Carlos Correa. He's a, I think, he's a I think Correa is a much better player than Seager. Really? See, <laughs> yeah. I like Seager a lot. And I think Seager fits the Yankees like a glove. They I don't think he's very pressure. good defensively. I, yeah, but you're going to move him to third base eventually anyway. Okay. and But I also think he's a product of being in that great lineup, you know? Sure. Correa's been in some great lineups too, though. I like okay. both. Listen, okay. I got no problem with either guy. You tell me either guy is wearing my team's uniform next year, I'm going to be very okay with you know, that. You know the guy I would, if I'm the Mets, I would love to to go after? Go after, go get me, a, go get Iglesias to be the closer. 
I like Rysel Iglesias. It's a good pitcher. I gave him out on Baseball Night in New York the other day in my Fantasyland uh, scenario for the match. Uh, he's a good player. You, you know, he's a good pitcher. You don't have to worry about him, you know. And that way, when Diaz park. has his inevitable meltdown in the middle of the summer, you yank his ass out of the ninth inning and you put Iglesias right there. I mean, honestly, if you have both those guys, like, why would Iglesias be your closer? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't fight you on that. I would not fight you on that. So interesting. Uh, we're in on Correa. We're in on Bryant. And we'll see what Uncle Stevie's going to be spending I think, his money. I mean, I, I, I mean, are they going to, you know? Well, I was going to say, is anybody, I, I, have you thrown your uh, your hat in the ring? I got to ask Francesa. <laughs> I think Francesa might want the job. Maybe yeah, he's, he's going to come out of retirement. Cut, so, they may know. not pay him a pay him enough. I don't know. They might not. <laughs> it's all it's unbelievable. Nobody wants the job. It's just like, I, I mean, you got to think that's a lot. That a lot of that is Sandy, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you have his overarching presence that's there. I think it's far more Sandy-related yeah, than it is Cohen-related, for what it's yeah. worth. Okay, now let's get to something you're giddy about. Tuesday okay. night, you went through this college basketball season last year where you couldn't go to games, basically, where nobody was in the building. It was like the weirdest, most bizarre regular season of college basketball ever. Tournament was fun. I was glad we had it. I made money. Hughes made the Sweet 16. I was in good spirits. But how pumped are you, Mr. College Sports, that it's going to be a normal business-as-usual college basketball season? Yeah, I mean, I think last year was, I, I, I hate to use the word, but in a way was joyless. Um, you know, there were some fun moments, but, it, you know, it, it, when you went to games, it was like watching scrimmages, basically. You know, the, even the NCAA tournament, you know, these players were, quarantined and were basically locked in their rooms all year. It just, it was better than nothing, but it was not a real, you know, it was not a, your typical season. And now this year you're going to have huge crowds and you're going to have, you know, the, the student sections and cheerleaders and everything that makes people love college basketball is going to be back. And I think that's, that's what makes this exciting. I think around here it could be a pretty good year. I think St. John, Seton Hall and Rutgers are all um, potential tournament teams. You know, I think Iona is going to be really good. I talked to someone who saw Iona the other day, and he said they're like a low-level Big East team. I love it. With my guy, Rick Pitino. We, yeah. By the way, Saruti, if you're listening, we got to get Rick Pitino on the show in the next couple of weeks. That needs to happen because, listen, I think he is fabulous. I am so glad he is back coaching in college basketball where he belongs. And, listen, he made his mistakes. He obviously had his issues that he had to deal with. But college basketball, Zach, is a better place with Rick Pitino in it. You know it, and I, I know it. It's better. Uh, it's, it's great. I, I we'll see how long he's here at Iona. I, I'm still, you know, he said a million times that. So you think it's possible he could bolt for a big program again? You do. Yeah, I think he would at least do this year and probably next year. But if a, you know, if a big school comes calling, like all right, Jim Laranaga is probably at the end of his line in Miami. If Miami calls for Rick Pitino, he really tell them no. I mean, he'd be perfect there. I mean, that'd be the perfect he's got, place for he him lived, to retire. I mean, right. I mean, he's has a place he'll, down in Florida. He'll be coaching against Bayheim again. Him and Bayheim would never. I mean, listen, he's a lot younger than Jimmy. But yeah. I, I, a lot of people think Jimmy is going the route of Coach K. Uh, they are. Let me tell you yeah. something, Zach. They are gravely, gravely mistaken. That man is coaching until he cannot coach anymore. Guaranteed. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. But and yeah, I, I mean, would say they're not going to do any. This is what Syracuse people got to understand. Despite the ups and downs and despite the underwhelming regular seasons, when they get in the tournament, they win. That's all that like. And how are you matters. getting a better coach in Syracuse, New York? Think about that for a minute. It's Syracuse, New York. You're getting a coach that's better than Jim Beheim. 
Really? I don't even know where you would where you would go. I mean, unless they think McNamara is ready for the job. Well, I, I think mean, that's what they would do. I think Jerry would take uh, the job. Well, but he's like, you know, he's not even their top assistant. You know, he's, you know, they've had those other guys, Autry and Griffin have been there longer. You know, I don't even know where they would go. Um, you know, I, I think the guy that I've, we've, we've talked about this before, I think the guy that actually fit Syracuse, I mean, he would never get it because Bayon hates him. Be well, 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 can we can we have a game this year in the NCAA tournament? Because it's not going to happen before the year because Syracuse would never schedule Seton Hall. I know. They, Willard the coaches hate and each other. Bayon, Kadari Richmond going <laughs> against the 2-3 zone. And, I, I mean, you want storylines, bro. That would be ready-made to order for you. I, oh. I would love that that handshake afterwards between Beheim and Willard. I'm sure that would be what, nice, warm, and fuzzy. What, what handshake? Oh, that will be a, it. Would be that would be the quick Jim Beheim walk by, blow right by him, and away we go. Um, Seton Hall, St. John's, Rutgers, UConn. Who's going to be the best of those four teams? You know, I, I ranked Rutgers 25th in my preseason, you know, top 25. So I'll you go. left out Syracuse. We're all annoyed about that. Bro. Yeah, all right. You left so them I, out. I think you had a glaring omission. Too. <laughs> um, so I would, I guess I'll have to go UConn there just because I put them in my preseason top 25. But, I, you know, I, I can see St. John's being the best team. I think Hurley, I think Dan Hurley made a big mistake not going out and getting a score on the transfer market. I, I think they're a score short of being a really good team. I think St. John's, if the pieces fit, could be very good. Now, I think it's going to take them time. They have nine new players, but, you know, they have two of the top seven players in the league in Champagny and Posh Alexander. I, I could see St. John's being, being the best team out of there. I, a lot of people are high on Rutgers. I think they're a little too high. They lost they lost two of their best players, and you know, the big kid, Miles Johnson, and, and Jacob Young, who both transferred. I think Seton Hall will be good, but I don't think they're as good as St. John's. You know, I... I don't think it's probably between St. John's and UConn, but I could see St. John's if they gel right, being the best out of those teams. Okay. Final year for Duke. Is this a championship caliber Duke team, the case swan song? You know, it's obviously they have so many new guys. They have three five-star freshmen. So I, I'm not going to say quite yet, but I, I think it's probably at least a Sweet 16 Elite Eight type And they're team. getting every call known to oh. – it's going to be disgusting how many calls oh they get God. all season. Get ready. Get ready. I mean, imagine, imagine the team like Syracuse going to Duke. The whistles, they're not going to get in that game. Oh, I'll be screaming. Sarudi <laughs> and Stefan, prepare. I'm gonna, if we do a pot after that game, I'm going to be like you know, hooting and hollering until the cows come home. I'll be behind basically ripping off my shirt and a jacket, quite frankly. I mean, the, the Duke freshman Banchero is, is phenomenal. He's 6'10". He does, it, does everything. I mean, it, it sounds like it's between him and, him and the Gonzaga kid Holmgren to be the number one pick. So, look, Duke's going to be good. They're not – you're not – you're not looking at Duke and even Kentucky being what they were last year. That was like a fluke thing. They're both going to be good. They're both going to be at least second weekend teams. I don't know if they'll be better than that, but they're they're both very good. Who is your pick to win it all? I picked Gonzaga. Did it, you really? I mean, <laughs> after last year, I could I could not. I'm sorry, I could not. One of the I mean, one of these. You're just years, thinking one of these years, it's inevitable, and it's and listen, their rosters are loaded. They win 35 yeah. games every single year. I mean they they have they might have the best player of the country in Timmy. Then they have the kid Holmgren, the, you know, who might be the number one pick. They have other really good players. The coach is good. They run this the great offense. I mean, look, last year, how how different is that championship game if 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 UCLA doesn't come out of nowhere and push them to overtime? 
I mean, if, if they would have won that game normally, you know, let's say whoever they played and they won that game by 15 points, I think that game took a lot out of them in the championship game. I think that's fair. And I like UCLA a lot this year. I think they're going to be really Yeah, good. they're loaded. I, I mean, they're, they're going to be really, really they, good. They added, think about it, they brought back their entire team. They they added the Rutgers big kid, Miles Johnson, who's a really good player. They got in a, a blue chip five-star, you know, guard. Uh, they're they're really good. And I love Cronin. I love Cronin. Yeah, I love him when he coached Cincinnati. He's a badass. His teams are tough. They, they fight. They scratch. They claw. And he's taken that personality of the Cincinnati teams and he's brought it on the UCLA campus, which a lot of people thought was impossible. And I couldn't believe, like, people were mocking that hire when they made it at the time. How about the fact the guy can coach? And, like, when yeah. you can coach, you can coach anywhere, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, what they did last year was remarkable, you know? I mean, they looked like they were going to lose that first four game. They come out of nowhere, they win, and, and they're almost making the championship game. And, and now this year, a year older with an even better roster, I mean, they should run the Pac-12, and they should have a chance to win the national championship. Final one, and no, I'm not going to ask you how many wins Syracuse is going to have this year. Um, what winter storyline outside of college basketball are you looking forward to the most? Are you getting in on the giant uh, playoff chase at three and six? You getting on board? It, whenever the Giants win a game, their fan base thinks they're going to win a Super Bowl. It's it's hilarious. I mean, like, nice win today, but I, I'm watching this game. How are the Raiders five and two? I mean, that, that was a that was as bad of a performance as you can have. Well, and I didn't think they were going to play well. After everything no. I went on with Henry yeah, Ruggs this true. week, I just thought That's it was true. such a tough spot for them. But the Giants won that game with defense, not on offense. I mean, Daniel Jones had 105 yards of passing. With Galladay and Tony back, that's completely unacceptable. Completely. Yeah. I mean, look, the Giants are three and six, and yeah, they could easily have a have a better record. But now they, I think, off the bye, they get the Buccaneers, which they're obviously they won't win that game. You know, the Giants are going to probably be in no man's land. They're going to win six games, maybe five. And, you know, they'll probably have a new GM and we'll see what they do with the coach or the quarterback. I mean, you know, you can make an argument. You'd rather be the Jets where the Jets are probably going to win two or three. And the Jets are going to have another good pick and they have cap room where the Giants are in cap hell. You know, I, I'd make the argument I'd rather be the Jets right now than the Giants. And that's not something you'd feel good about. No, from either standpoint, no. Let's be honest. I would uh, say the Knicks are definitely the biggest storyline. They're going to be fun. Listen, yeah. night in and night out, having the Knicks playing and competing their tails off and then having the Nets with the star power of Durant, uh, it'll make New York City in January and February when it's like 15 degrees and icy and I'm miserable a little bit more tolerable. That and hopefully a lot of Syracuse wins this winter. Yeah, no, it's... It they better be a, be a tournament team easy, by the way, Zach. I don't want to be yeah, dealing with any bubble should. bullshit. They better be in going away. No, I, I think they're... You know, I, I'd probably put St. John's, Syracuse, UConn, Seton Hall, and even Rutgers all in that same, you know, probably seven to nine seed category. That's maybe a six, one of them. But yeah, I don't know if any of those teams are a four or five seed, though. Listen, slowly but surely, you know, uh, just get in. I, I, no bubble this year. That's, I can't believe hilarious. you're not going to be at the Garden for Villanova. That's a I'm gonna, uh, listen, I will be I will be fresh off the beach. I will be nice and tan. I'll be watching the game uh, from the confines of South Florida. So I'll be okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll be there. That'll be, that'll be a hell of an atmosphere, I'll tell you. I expect it to be. Uh, hopefully you see a of orange. So you'll uh, send, me a, send me a postcard, as they say. Send right. me a postcard. No problem. Zach Braziller, the outstanding columnist extraordinaire in the New York Post. Buddy, enjoy Champions Classic on Tuesday and don't be I'm a stranger. Not, I'm going to be at St. John's. 
Well, you're not even going to be at the Champions Classic. Look at me giving the uh, audience all sorts of fake information. Well, St. John's, you gotta you gotta be a man of the uh, local people. I understand. I, I do, I do. It, uh, I, I, I'm gonna pick Kentucky to win that game. By the way, I just like their experience early. I think Duke will be better by like March, but I think Kentucky will be better early. I gotta look at the spreads. I'm not even there yet. Get me, get me to Monday. Let me get through. <laughs> let me get through Steelers and uh, and Bears on Monday night, and we'll take it from there. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. All right. Later. Before we say goodbye, Jeff Money, who had a couple of family plays with me, let's see what he has in store for Monday Night and Beyond. Jeff Money, take it away. What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper pick. Now, we already know the play. This is for Monday Night football game between the Steelers and the Bears. Now, you know already part of the contest plays. I'm taking the Steelers minus a six. Now, during this call, the one o'clock game's already finished, and we did hit our Family play on the Patriots, which was excellent on that. And that was also my play of the week. So for money play, that put me 7-2 and two on the year for the NFL plays. And also hit the uh, Viking play. So I'm 2-0. and oh, And I know you're 3-0 and oh going to the 4 o'clock games. So I guess by the time of this message, we'll know how the outcome of the 4 o'clock. But, again, going with the Steelers, as you know, minus the 6 for Monday Night Football. And I'm sure you're going to go with it also. And that's about it, JJ. I'm out of here. Let's go. Jeff Money, let's end week nine with a bang. It was a winning week for me. Let's add to it with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then we can get ready for the Ravens and the Dolphins on Thursday night. Oh, baby. I am going to be into the college basketball on Tuesday. Very much looking forward to that. Guys, fantastic job. We got a little nutty. We got a little wacky today. And I didn't even run the marathon. For everybody who ran the marathon, hats off. Salute all the men and women. Fabulous, fabulous job. We're back Tuesday night with our local pod. And then, of course, Monday, Spotify Green Room, right after the Knicks and the Sixers. JJ out. Enjoy your Monday, everybody. Be good. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.